Welcome in to the NASCAR Betting Preview Show Podcast, episode 27. I'm your host, Derek Yoder, and on this episode, I'm joined once again by Phil of the Full Tank with Phil Podcast as we preview the Heart of America 200 from Kansas. So, Phil, I know it's been a little while since we've done a truck series betting podcast. I want to go over Martinsville first, but are you ready to bet on some trucks again? Derek, I am ready to get back into the truck world. I actually, every week... No matter if it's cup uh, for my podcast or trucks, I write out like handwritten notes and I started digging into the trucks, even though we didn't have odds. I was writing down the stats that I go with uh, last week. Like, so I, I had the stats written down that far back just because I was just anxious to, to get after it. And now we can finally do that. So I'm really happy to, to get back in the truck. Nice little break. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you can't complain about that, but it's going to be fun to get back into it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm ready to see the uh, trucks get going. And we were just talking about it before we hit record, but the trucks have a nice little schedule coming up where they are at Kansas this week, Darlington next week, then Wilkesboro, Charlotte, Worldwide Technology. So we're going to have a number of weeks here in a row where we're able to talk a little truck series betting. And uh, I want to go back to a few weeks ago at Martinsville. I know it was a rainy Martinsville. We got to see the rain tires. A lot of conversations going late into the night because of the rain and uh, what would NASCAR do. But it was a very productive betting show for uh, the pod here and anybody that tailed anything that you were saying. So I want to give a quick little recap because I think that's an important thing to do, whether you got something right or wrong. So I'll let you kick it off wherever you want. Yeah, I mean, we had an absolutely banner day. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that these last couple of weeks off don't cool us off because we've been really on fire uh, to this point in the season. So I'm knocking on wood there, but we got the rain shortened race. And I guess, I don't know if it would have prevailed, but we post-practice called out Corey Heim. You put it out there on the card. He was 16 to one. I think we talked about him a little bit on the podcast and then, you know, took the leap uh, after we saw we had going on in practice with 16 to one that hits. So I guess we got a little lucky that the rain came, I don't know if he would have been able to hold on the whole race, but we will absolutely take that and run anytime we have a a 16 to one hit. That is just feeling fine. So really happy about that. We also had him in a group bet as well. It was like plus 165. So that was a nice one. We call that out on the pod. Other hits and finger over Eckes head to head. That was nice. Rhodes over Chastain. That was nice. There was a funny thing that we talked about on the podcast where I said, hey, I'm going to take Zane over Mm -hmm. Majeski, but I want it to be like Zane third, Majeski fourth, because I like Majeski top five. That essentially played out exactly like we hoped. Uh, So that was like, you know, you're, you know, you're lucky at that point. Like, you know, better to be lucky than good. Zane uh, did finish ahead of Majeski and they both finished in the top five. So we, we cleaned up on that one. Um, and even the ones we missed, I mean, we, we took Rhodes top five. He finished sixth. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus, we, we were doing well. Uh, we missed Friesen over Sanchez. Uh, and we're going to talk about both those guys later in, in mm-hmm. some capacity. And uh, we took a long shot on Ankrum, plus 600 to um, finish top five, I believe. Or, or maybe it was a group bet. I don't know. But either way, he did not finish great. So those were the, the misses that we had. But more hits than misses and uh, a big uh, outright, too. So it was a great day. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, the the one thing about doing podcasts like this, and I know you do your own show, but there's a there's a little bit of pressure when you're putting 
uh, information out there because you can get, you know, you can go on bad stretches or you can have some really successful days. And I feel like doing the truck podcast together, it's really good. It's been a benefit for me because I'm able to understand, you know, kind of some of the things that are going on in your mind. Uh, and, you know, as we do the show, you're very detailed with the, the sheets and everything. So I know it's going to be good quality information. So it helps me as the gambler, it helps me as a fan uh, when I'm getting ready to bet on a race like this. And it also helps the listeners. I remember, you know, you were saying about Heim. Uh, I want to give a call out to my buddy, Mitch. He uh, he jumped. He tailed you. He tailed uh, almost every play that you called out on the podcast. Uh, Corey Heim at 16 you know, to one and just. It was a banner day for him as well. So going into the weekend for him, he was loving it. So make sure that if you're listening, you know, subscribe to obviously Phil's podcast and what he's doing on Twitter, uh, but also make sure that you're uh, giving us some feedback, whether you're tailing something or uh, going to fade us one week. So with now Martinsville in the, the rear view for us and successful as it was, let's let's build on that momentum, even though we were a couple weeks off since the last truck series race and we're going to Kansas this week. So for anybody that's going to be tuning in Saturday night uh, at 7 p.m., on FS1, what can people expect? Uh, whether you want to look back at 2022, or you know, what what can some people just off the uh, cuff here expect to see Saturday night? So, I'll give I'll answer that question with big names. Um, the, the big name guys are going to shine, and just to kind of recap what we saw last year, two races last year in the Truck Series, which is kind of nice. Um, we don't see that too often. And so that's just more data for us to pour through heading into the race mile and a half track and the spring race last year, Zane Smith absolutely dominated, cleaned up 108 laps led won that one going away. Um, the fall race was pretty entertaining for, you know, for what it was. John Hunter Nemechek won all three stages. If you remember this one and really every restart, like nobody had anything for John Hunter, um, but the race got a little bit wonky because of like green flag pit stops and different strategies. And that's something that you want to keep in mind for this track this weekend in both races, um, because what we saw go down was a driver just dominating the field and John Hunter all race. Somebody took a shot late. That person was Carson Hosevar. They were in the playoffs and they were trying to hang on. His pit crew told him it's it's winter and you're in. So he stayed out trying to stretch his fuel mileage situation. In doing so, brought some other cars trying to do the same thing. They kept falling off. You know, you had names like Haley Deegan up in the top five, like towards the end of that race, but she couldn't hold on. She had to pit um, because of gas. But it put a lot of people a lap down. Um, so good, good trucks were a lap down in that race. And what happened was Carson was trying to hang on and John Hunter was coming up through after his uh, cycle and John Hunter catches him on like the second to last lap. And not only did he catch him, Carson ran out of gas, still finished second. But even though his crew chief told him he was good, they didn't expect Christian Eckes to pass as many cars as he did. So he loses the race to John Hunter and gets knocked out of the playoffs. So even though we had a driver win all three stages, it was a pretty entertaining end of the race because of the way it went down. So um, that's the, the skinny of, of last year at Kansas um, big names definitely are the ones to watch and you just got to keep your eye on, you know, especially if you're live betting 
if you have that availability, because I think we did see some live betting for the trucks um, last couple weeks, Derek. You got to keep your eyes peeled on the, the wonkiness and the strategy plays from the crew chief. So um, we'll, we'll see how it goes down. And there's definitely uh, one place to start when we get into it here for this week. All right. So I, I like that, Phil, and I definitely agree. So let's do this uh, before we start diving into some of the betting conversations tonight. I'll do a quick recap. Uh, you know, the winner uh, we talked about was Zane Smith uh, here last year. But let's go over the stages to get everybody. We'll set this the stage, if you will, uh, for the audience. We're going to have 30 laps in that first stage, then 30 laps in the second stage. And then we're going to close out the race in the truck series on Saturday night, FS1. Uh, it's going to be after the Kentucky Derby. And we'll get into a little derby talk here tonight. Uh, but it'll be 74 laps to uh, close this out. So, uh, you know, I know the odds boards, they're not offering a whole lot. You know, it's here. It's Wednesday uh, you know, night. And we're, we're going through everything. And I know there's not a whole lot of plays out there. When you have Kyle Busch in the field, that is to be expected. You also have Ross Chastain. Uh, dipping down into the series, getting a little seat time in the 41. And so it's going to be interesting to see how those guys do. Actually, Brandon Poole uh, as well. We know what happened last week with those two in the Cup Series. So that would be an interesting uh, if they get around each other. So where do you want to kick off the conversation from a betting perspective this week? Well, we're going to put a pin in that Brandon Poole thing because I didn't yeah. realize that he was in the, the field. So we're going to 40, talk about that. Yeah, 46. Uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, love that, actually. Mm -hmm. So – Kyle Busch is where this kind of starts and ends, honestly. Um, when he drops down, you got to take note. And mm -hmm. in my opinion, he's going to win this race unless there's an act of God. Um, so recently, I mean, first of all, to, to back that up, he's got six starts over a span of like a decade at this racetrack in the truck series. And he's got three wins, four top fives and five top tens. I mean, the mm -hmm. dude is is just awesome. We all know this, but just to drive that point home even more, his last four starts, first, second, first, and first. So can't that's, hate that. No, you can't. And the, and the books have you by the balls on this one. He's <laughs> minus 106 to win the race. I mean, brutal. We haven't seen that all year. Um, he was, you know, I don't remember what he was at Vegas, but – this is just not great for the gambler. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, I can't resist it. Why? Because we look at the, the comp tracks. There's tale of two cities kind of deal with, with Kyle Busch coming down to the truck series so far this year. If you think back, Vegas was the first time that he was in it. And we had said the same story. He's so good here. He's going to win. You kind of have to play it as like an insurance policy or, or, or something because you don't want to be watching this race on Saturday night and have Kyle be leading every lap and, you know, just be miserable. So you, mm -hmm. you feel like you have to. Then he raced at Coda and he raced at Martinsville. And if you remember, Derek, I was kind of saying, like, I don't feel the same way about Kyle Busch that right. I did at Vegas. I'm back. To, to this because it's mile and a half in the truck series, Kyle Bush. It's a technical racetrack and he takes people to school on these types of tracks. Mm -hmm. His equipment is obviously up there with the best. So it's not like those other tracks mile and a half in the truck series, Kyle Bush all day. I mean, it's really, he's first in every metric that you can look at, right? Whether it's 
driver rating or average finish or the true performance rank from last year, the true performance rank from this year, the uh, average finish so far this year, green flag speed, whatever the case, Kyle Busch, when he's in the race on these style tracks, it's mopping it up. So it makes you really, I don't know. When I, when I first saw it, I was like, damn, right. Cause I, I wanted to see the boys fight it out. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the mm-hmm. truck guys really going at it, but, uh, He's minus 106 on Barstool. That's the best you can get. I think he's like minus 115 on Caesars and DraftKings. So, yeah. you know, minus 106, I'll take that and say thank you. Um, but really, you know, it, it's kind of a defense mechanism. I have to, sure. to play it. I'm not uh, super pissed off when he goes out and he does Kyle Bush things. So even at minus money, that's something that you're worth you you think is worth taking instead of spreading it out, taking a little bit more of a smaller unit allocation, spreading it down through the field. You still feel like, hey, when Kyle's in the field, insurance play, that's the route you want to take. I do. Um, now I can understand people saying, like, you know, my cousin is one of them. Like a lot of times when he's in these situations, when when Kyle's in these situations, he'll say, like, you know, screw it. Like I'll, I'll fade him. Right. I'll take mm-hmm. uh, somebody else. He's just so good though, that True. I, I have just gone past that mindset and just saying like, no, Kyle Bush is not going to mess something up on his own. Maybe it's a Kyle Larson getting wrecked. Like last week at Dover kind of deal where somebody spins in front of him. Cause he will be lapping guys. He'll be in the, the traffic of the drivers who are back in the pack, putting people down uh, left and right. So maybe somebody spins in front of him, takes him out. Maybe, but he's got this history of being so dominant. And I mean, I'd be willing to play like two units, um, which is, you know, not something that I'm usually doing, but if you really feel uncomfortable playing just minus money to win the race for Kyle Caesars does give you a little bit of a bailout. They have Kyle Bush versus the field in a head to head matchup. So that will open the door for you to parlay that with another matchup in the race if you want to keep it there or, you know, just parlay that matchup with something else in NASCAR, something else in another sport, whatever the case may be. So if you want to take like a sure thing somewhere else, right, we just talked on the NASCAR betting preview show about a lot of great plays, Kyle Larson, like top 10 or something like Mm -hmm. that, Uh, just a, a good bet that's super short. You can get a little more money there, like plus 150 yeah. or something like that, if you really hate the minus money. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to the stats, Kyle Busch cleans up the field on these types of races, and I don't want to um, be left out in the rain. Yeah. No, I, I see your thought process, especially in the mile and a halfs, where, you know, Kyle is a lot stronger. We like him a lot more in these types of tracks versus maybe the Martinsville, the uh, road course. So I think this is his fourth race. So that must mean that he's going to probably be racing North Wilkesboro uh, in a few weeks. Again, these cup guys, they only have five opportunities to dip down into each series that they are not full-time drivers of. So, we'll, you know, this will be one of the last times we're able to bet Kyle Bush. It is if you want to uh, or not. Now, let me ask you this, Phil, and then we'll move off of Kyle because we talk about him a lot here. But you have to. He, he's the odds-on favorite, uh, most skilled driver in the field. But let me ask you this. Is there any worth or any value in waiting until after qualifying to bet him? Now, I know some books close their, like, books completely and don't even reopen them. But is there any value in that thought process? If you're like, Hey, I'm going to just wait it out. 
Yeah, there is. Uh, so I actually did do some digging um, into how he practiced in okay. his practice and then qualified in his races at Kansas in the truck series. Um, the fact of the matter is he's practicing in the top five in all of these races, right? So he, he's not a, a shitbox in practice and then proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, right. He might not qualify on the pole, but so, so that may be, maybe the, the books give you like plus 100, right? If he goes out and he starts fourth, I don't know if I was a book, I wouldn't be moving off of this number to um, stay there, to stay there. If he, if he does somehow go out mm-hmm. and he qualifies like 15th, Maybe I would move it to like plus 100, plus 150, but uh, he has proven he, he typically practices in that top five area. He typically starts like, you know, in that top five, maybe it's fourth, maybe it's fifth, but he's up there leading the race pretty damn quick. Yeah. You crushed it on his uh, practice speeds. I was looking at um, obviously switched OEMs, different manufacturer this year. Now that he's with Chevrolet and he was fifth in practice at Vegas, which I, I think we both use as a comp track. And uh, sure. so just kind of looking looking at some of that data with that because I was kind of curious and then uh, scored the poll uh, in, in qualifying. So, yeah, that'll be interesting um, given that his odds are uh, minus money where Zane, who's right behind him, is at plus four to six. I think you can find six out there, uh, four – a four to one here on Caesars from what I'm seeing. So again, not a lot of options. Uh, I, I love head to head matchups. So I'm sure we'll get into a few things here tonight uh, regarding some of those matchups. Cause at least Caesars puts out a good, like six, seven one, uh, of those, which I always appreciate. So um, I think enough of Kyle Bush. So where, where else you want to go? Where else we uh, taking the people on this uh, betting journey tonight? So I want to say that, you know, obviously I made the case for Kyle, but sure, I'll make a case for another driver specifically as an outright. And then just kind of say any of these guys that we're talking about, like if you wanted to take a, a huge swing on some of these guys that we talk about later in the episode, when we're talking about head to heads, um, I'm not opposed to it, to, to throwing a little sprinkle on an outright mm-hmm. as a defense um, in case something goes down with Kyle in the race. So you mentioned Zane Smith. You don't have to twist my arm at all to take Zane Smith. He's plus 500, I think, is the best number on Barstool for Zane right now. I don't think I have to make a case for Zane. Uh, mm-hmm. He dominated this race last year. So let me make a case for another guy. And it's Ty Majeski because he's going off at plus 600 and plus 100 for a top five as well. So you're talking to someone, Derek, who has a future bet on Ty Majeski over one and a half wins in this season. And part of the reason why I took that bet was because of his performances on mile and a half through the second half of last year and really saying, okay, he's going to be coming into his own here. So I really want him to start, you know, pulling it together. And he has been pretty consistent. I mean, he starts really high up in the field every single time we're on one of these mile and a half tracks Mm -hmm. qualifies. Well, practices. Well, I mean, I'm talking like, top two, top three, every single time, all last year, this year at Vegas and Texas, um, just good numbers. He started second and third last year in this track at Kansas. So just kind of proves the point. So I don't think this number is going to be getting much better is the point. Plus 600. uh, I don't think you're going to see a drop 
you know, 600 might be the, the best number we can get for him. So practiced well in both those races, his average starting position, like I said, 3.5 um, this season as well. And looking at his finishes last year at Kansas specifically, second and eighth at Kansas. So this to me is an opportunity for the crew chief to step up because mm-hmm. we know that Ty Majeski has what it takes to win all mile and a halfs. He's got the speed. He's got the speed in the truck. What we need to see is a little bit of creativity out of the crew chief to, to try to mix things up a little bit. Like we saw in that fall race, some of these guys doing staying out, you know, trying to get off cycle. We saw in the, the Vegas race, right? There was a little bit of off cycle stuff with Zane and Kyle Bush. They were essentially at the end of the race, not racing against each other, uh, even though they finished one, two. So let's see some creativity out of the, the 66 crew chief, like mix it up a little bit here. And that could put them in a position to cash this and, and try to defeat the Goliath of Kyle Bush and, and KBM. Um, so we need a good race from the whole team that include, includes the crew chief there. But in 2022, his true performance rank on the intermediates was second. And that was behind Kyle Bush. So we're taking the best guy essentially from all last year and a driver who this year in the true performance rank through two races, Texas and Vegas is fifth. His average finish so far this season is 4.5. That's second in NASCAR this season on the mile and a half. So fifth best driver rating. We're, we're going with a good horse here mm-hmm. at plus 600. So a little bit better value than Zane. Um, but again, not going to, dissuade you from Zane. I'll probably be on Zane as well. But Ty Majeski, someone that I just wanted to call out as an outright, as another option to Kyle Busch uh, because he does have the speed. So you mentioned it too. I mean, uh, Caesars has them in a head-to-head, Zane and Ty. Ty plus money uh, at plus 105. Too close? Something uh, yeah. like so that? Barstool has that same one. I was kind of hoping Good. that we would see those two matched up against different guys. I'm not touching that matchup this week. Um, That's what I thought. At all. I can't. I can't. I like them no. both. I like them both for, for sure. good reasons. So I, I can't pick between the two of them this week. Yeah. Okay, good. I That was uh, that was kind of what I was thinking as well. So where do you want to go next? Because uh, I think you're going to get to a driver here at some point that I'm going to be touching on. So where do we want to go next? So I want to make sure I'm, I'm reading my notes right on this uh-huh. one. Because when I saw this. I actually got excited. Like, okay. I, I was like writing down as fast as I could, like, damn, Derek's going to love this. Um, so yes, this is a group bet and it's the only group bet that we have available to us this week, which stinks. You know, Caesars really kind of, I don't know if it was the off weeks or whatever, but they kind of <laughs> let us down a little bit. They shit the bed. They, yeah, a little bit. This is group F on Caesar. <laughs> It's not going to take it. Group F is, is, pri- is properly named. I mean, it's just F. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's exactly right. So looking at the stats, like I told you, I was writing the stats out, you know, <laughs> a week ago. And in doing so, I said to myself, I need something on our guy, Grant Enfinger. And okay. this is who do who, you think I was going to say? I don't know, but when you said our guy and I'm looking at some of these names, I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> Who's our guy? So All right, Grant Grant's our guy. So this is what had my attention here. And this is not a situation where I don't like the other guys in this group, but okay. it's a it's trying to take advantage of the odds, kind of like we're playing the board the right way. So mm-hmm. Enfinger is going up against 
Carson Hosevar, Chase Purdy, and Stuart Friesen. So we're going to talk about, I think, all those guys at some point in this episode. But the reason that's got my attention is because Enfinger matched up against these guys in this group is the lowest guy. He's the underdog, the fourth of four, okay, plus 260. If you go to the top five numbers, Derek, he is plus 250, and he's favored over all of them, all of them. So something's wrong here. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't understand. You're telling me that he has better odds than all three of these guys. Like, who is it? Enfinger's plus 250 to finish top five. Uh, Carson is plus 300 to finish top five. But yet he's plus 190 to win this group. in this group. What's going on here? That's a good call out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm saying, all right, if you think he can finish top five ahead of these guys, according to the odds, why shit? Can I not get him at plus 260 to beat them in this matchup? So we are going to talk about some of these other guys, but this is strictly a value play because this is the best opportunity you can have um, to take end finger in a situation that's really not like an outright pick. Um, Mm -hmm. So aside from that, if you're saying, all right, you know, we get it. The odds are they're good um, and they're a bit out of whack compared to what we're seeing with the top five odds. Let's talk about Enfinger, right? Because yeah. I don't see how he's the underdog. I mean, looking at his last eight starts at this racetrack, five top five finishes, seven for eight finishing in the top 10. His average finish in the last eight races in the truck series is 6.3. That is mm-hmm. first out of everyone in that time span. His driver yeah. rating is fifth. So he's better than all of those guys at Kansas in this stat. So, Last year, Enfinger was one of two drivers who finished both times at Kansas yep. in the top, top five. five. You know who the other one was, Derek? I'm going to go with Zane Smith. Zane Smith is correct. And Zane Smith is the champion last year. Mm-hmm. He's you know the biggest dog on the block, aside from Kyle Busch. So you're telling me that you can get a guy like Grant Enfinger with that resume at those odds to beat these guys, even plus 250 to finish top five, right? five for eight finishing top five. This is a track yeah. that he likes. Um, so I don't know if, you know, he lights the world up at all mile and a half tracks. As a matter of fact, I kind of dig a little, little bit of digging on that. And the answer is he doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just something about this one. So when I see that in a driver, I got to go for it. So yeah. And finger top five plus two fifty to win this matchup against these guys. Plus two sixty as the underdog. So Group F, I'm going with Enfinger. I love that because in that Group F, you get a little bit of a better number uh, than you do the top five, and you're only having to beat out three other guys. And exactly. you mentioned it, five of the last six, he's finished in the top five. I mean, in 2020, he finished third, third, fourth, and then in 2021, 17th. But then last year, like you said, top five, finished third in the spring, finished fifth in the, in the summer. The interesting thing about him is – in that stretch, I just talked about his last six races. He's only led one lap. He scored two stages, two two stage points, whatever you want to say, uh, in 2020. So that tells me that when he's going here, he's maybe going to be in the middle of the pack. Uh, it's a strategy race. He understands what I need to do whenever it's going to go from like the sun going down to full night. 
So I love that because that tells me that there's a lot of strategy with that and uh, can't hate that. So great call out finding that maybe a little bit of a mispriced number there. So that's why you listen to this show. I love that. So where are we going next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and figure fired up. He, he's just a veteran, man. I mean, he's just a veteran. So you're right. I mean, looking at the, the last fall race at, at Kansas, you know, he only had 75% of the laps in the top 15. So that's telling you that, yeah, don't panic it, when he's running 15th or, or 16th uh, at some point in the race, because he's fine. He just has found ways to, to get up to the top five. Um, and, and that's another reason why it might not be worth taking him for an outright. That might be a donation. Um, so that mm-hmm. group in the top five. So another place we're going to go, Derek, let's move to some, some head to heads. Yes. Right. My, my, my love of betting. Okay. All right. All right. So this one fully got my attention. And and again, there's not a lot of head to heads out there that are that great, but I saw that we can get Corey Heim, our guy from a couple weeks ago at plus one ten. <laughs> Do you know who they have him up against? Did you see this yet? I, I have. Yeah. Okay. Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain, Chastain, the gall on caesars <laughs> and, and actually no caesars please keep doing this because they have him going off at minus 140 over our guy Corey heim it's crazy get real get <laughs> real this is Corey heim number all day and night so first let's start with chastain he's been in three races so far this year in the truck series and this is not apples to apples when we're talking about kyle bush coming down and how i just went on that huge rant about how he dominates not the same not the same. His average finish so far this season in the truck series is 13.3. His worst finish of the three tracks that he's been on is the only one that really comps to this weekend. At Vegas, he finished 24th. He was completely out to lunch. He finished 5th at Coda and 12th at Martinsville. So head-to-head this season, Heim is 2-1 and one against Ross. So right away, you're saying, like, why is he such a heavy underdog? In this matchup, and the one that he lost to Ross was at Coda, where Ross finished fifth. Heim finished sixth there, so it's not mm-hmm. like Ross wiped the floor with him or anything. It was a very close race. Uh, so last year, Ross, you know, was pretty good here, seventh in the fall. Excuse me, uh, who are we talking about here? Yo, last year Corey Heim ran really well here, seventh in the fall. He started third in the spring race. He wrecked at the end of the race. But in that race, I mean, Corey Heim was a factor. He Mm -hmm. led 18 laps. His driver rating in that race, even though he wrecked out, was 99.9. Like, Kyle Busch didn't drop down to steal his ride from him last year. He let him run the Kansas races both times. So that was big for the experience factor this year uh, for us as gamblers to know. Like, he's been here twice. He's got it. Um, he ran 105 laps in the top 15 last year as, you know, kind of a new guy, right? A, a rookie who, who was part-time driver, essentially, because of Kyle jumping down. So if you look at that finish that he had last year, you say, okay, let's write off Corey Heim. And I think that's maybe what the books are doing. You got to like look deeper. I mean, he was a factor in that race, leading a bunch of laps. So that's a big deal. Then this year, apples to apples, we go to Vegas, where Corey Heim finished fourth, where Ross Chastain, as we just said, struggled. True mm-hmm. performance rankings in 2023. The two races, I know it's a small sample size, but we tout 
wintherace.info every yeah. week. Yep. We say when there's a discrepancy, we need to pounce on it. This season, right now, going into this race, there's an 18-spot wow. discrepancy between the two. Corey Heim <laughs> and Ross Chastain. Just shish. Like, what? Yeah. What is going yeah. on here? So, Corey Heim, in addition to being plus 110 in this matchup, which I am absolutely taking, I've already taken it, uh, because I think Corey Heim's going to go out and perform well in practice, and you're not going to see that plus 110 number. But he's plus 190 to finish in the top five. I think in a race with Kyle Busch in it, you're going to have to start looking at the top five number pretty hard. Mm. Um, so who are the guys that might fall into that? Plus 190 for a top five, pretty solid. And, you know, if you want to go back to that long shot, well, he's plus 1,800. This is definitely a driver that could win the race uh, if Man. something were to happen to Kyle. So 1,800 for Corey Heim, our, our you know, champion from two weeks ago. They already forgot. So that matchup, man, uh, as soon as I saw Ross was in the race, I was like, all right, you know, who's our, who's our guy? Because he just hasn't been dominant when he comes down to race in the trucks. And if he goes out and gets it done, good for him. I'll, I'll salute. But um, what do you think of that, Derek? I can't, seems uh, like you're into it. I would say F that Ky, uh, KFB price of outright at minus money and just, Start hammering if you're, you know, like you were saying, some of the things here on Corey Heim. Uh, obviously, one two weeks ago has a little bit of momentum. Better driver than I, I give him credit for. I know I say I faded him last year a few times, but on these type of tracks, like Corey Heim does show up and 18 positional like discrepancy there that is wild. So, uh, I don't hate that, Phil, plus 110. So I don't hate that at all. I think you laid that out there very nicely. That's not where I was looking, but there's another matchup somewhere I was looking. Or you, you got anything else up your sleeve? Well, so before we move on to another thing, you brought up something to start the episode. Oh. Brennan Poole is in yes. this race. Yes. On my podcast, I said, you know, Brennan Poole said, you know, he needs to get his butt whooped. Uh, yep. And I said, what, what's, what's Brennan Poole going to do? He's, he's going to wreck Ross Chastain in a cut race. Like, come on. He's not going to do that. But maybe in a truck race, shit. Like, that would be a spot to do it, right? Where there's yeah, not would... as much attention. Maybe they are kind of running around each other because who the hell knows how Ross is going to run. If he runs 24th again, uh, like he did at Vegas, that could be Brennan Poole's running mate. Yeah. So get, give him a shot to the ass there, uh, Brennan, and, and put him in the wall and, and I... you know, get your revenge. I think you're right, man. I, Kevin Harvick said it, um, I think it was this year, he was talking about his time uh, when he was leaving RCR and going over SHR, and he said, or somebody told him, hey, either you be the show or you are the show, and meaning like, hey, go out and win the race or figure out something where people are going to talk about your partners, even if it's kind of negative, of like, hey, you got into somebody, and this is this would be a great example of that where, you know, Poole's trying to figure out you know, his, his journey is trying to get noticed. Obviously really cool break for him last week uh, in racing uh, in the cup series race on Monday. And I, I almost put this out, out as a pool. Oh, that's kind of fitting. Uh, oh. Pool, um, on Twitter today. And I'm just kind of curious. Now we're going to dip into the cup series a little bit. So give me four drivers that, you know, without a doubt, because every, I mean, Chastain gets into so many people and they're like, well, how, why hasn't anybody kicked his ass? But like everybody talks about it. Who are four drivers that, you know, in the cup series would kick his ass. I'll start. Would? Like you're talking would. about like a physical altercation. Yeah. Like he gets Who's into like his ass? Chastain gets into you. 
like this person's going to come down on pit road and just kick his ass. Don't mess huh. with Ryan Priest. Ryan Priest is, Ryan Priest is a monster. Shit out of anybody. He, he's uh, like a, he, he looks like he's from the monsters. Um, he, he's no. just a, a freak. Bubba Wallace for sure. I mean, he's built like Ooh. a brick shit house. Um, yeah. so I think he could, you know, remember when he was KFB. pulling the shit out of, well, yeah, but he's kind of like, no, but you get now. him in the playoffs. Like you have something like that happen in the playoffs. I feel like Kyle would do exactly what he did to Joey Logano and walk down pit road at Vegas and just give him the, well, it wasn't really, I don't think the right hook connected, but somebody connected with him, but you do that. Like he's a fiery guy and I don't know. He's got two kids now, but, uh, <laughs> that was just, that was where Maybe my mind went more of a reason. You know, he's just constantly yeah. pissed off all the time. Like the rest of us, um, I'm trying is yeah. there a fourth driver? I'm just trying to think like, as we're talking about Brendan Poole could be one where a uh, BJ McLeod, could he come out and just like, just start? Oh no. Gregson Gregson would definitely do it because Gregson did it in the Xfinity series. The Henrik did it. The Burton. Do I need to go on? I mean, he's had a couple punches. Uh, and then when Austin Hill comes up to the cup series, good old country boy there, he's going to throw a nice little haymaker if he needs to. So, yeah, I, I would, I would also, you know, if you, you're going like the big, I'm big stocky fellas. I feel like I'm playing a video game and it's like, pick, choose your fighter. It's like, I'm going with the guy that's like built like a tank. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with, with all of those. Cause it's funny. My mind went to like Ryan Newman, you know, yeah. like yep. th- those guys, Definitely. but how about little Denny Hamlin, man? I mean, he, he's a pretty good athlete. He always talks about like how he, he's, you know, working out all the time. He's, he's spry. He's, he's if, very quick. Um, if he there's might anybody be like Floyd Mayweather type, you know, you should get in there and punch a million times. Just that would be something to see. Okay, so that was that was something that was on my mind literally all day uh, when we were doing the Twitter Spaces <laughs> show, and I almost put it out as a poll. So good discussion to have on here, even though it's not really related to the trucks, but it's a fun conversation since everybody is kind of cool. talking about Chastain this week. So where else do you want to go? Was there another head-to-head that you saw that you were like, hey, let's get in on this or any other plays? I know the card's super short this week, which is quite all right. Yeah, I mean, I got two, two head-to-heads and then just kind of like thoughts. Um so Let's the next head to head that I was looking at was Carson Hosevar versus Stuart Friesen. These are two guys that were both in that group bet that I talked about um, that I said Enfinger would, you know, take down. But I, I did mention that, you know, it is worth looking at some of these guys um, as we go on here. So these guys are right next to each other in the points right now. So, okay. you know, an initial you're saying to yourself like, OK, you know, this might be a, a tough one to distinguish someone being uh, better at but the first thing that gets me when i started digging into this was looking at the last seven starts at kansas for freezing he only has one top 10 finish it was a third place but it was seven races ago since then he's been absolute dog shit his average finish in that time span is 18.1 so and that checks out last year right because last year he again was not good. And his average finish in the two races there, 17.0. So he just couldn't figure it out. If you go back and you watch like even the extended highlights of the fall race, this was a race where he was in the playoffs. And even in the extended highlights, they make comments like Stuart freezing. Like he can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Something's going on with that car. Like he he's, you know, and he's running 16th to 24th, the, the whole race. Um, so that got my attention the fact that, you know, you see that on the race replay and then you also see the fact that like Kansas just doesn't agree with him is interesting. Um, so then you look at Hosevar 
And he's going back to a place that was an absolutely devastating ending to his playoff hopes last year. I mean, he, he took a shot on strategy, was in first place, gets passed like the second, la- second to last lap by John Hunter, knocking him out of the playoffs. If you are an athlete of any kind, this is something where like if I was Carson Hosford, I'm saying, when the fuck are we going back to Kansas? Because I'm going to win that goddamn race. Um, yeah. So I would have that circled and say, all right, you know, let me get back there. His average finish last year in those two races was 8.5, much better than Friesen. Um, and, you know, he finished the season stronger on the true performance ranks on the mile and a half, much stronger than Friesen last year. So in 2023, through the two races, they're right next to each other. But Har- uh, Carson Hosevar is 2-0 and versus Friesen so far this year on the two mile and a half that we faced. So Har- Carson, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is getting stronger on these mile and a half. He's young. He's learning. He's getting better. And he's taking what he's learned and he's applying it. Now, his win earlier this year came a little bit of a, you know, luck. But still, yeah. learning. Friesen is not. He's stagnant. He's a veteran. He's not showing like he's grasping Kansas at all. So it's kind of like two ships in the night. I like Hosevar in this matchup, minus 115 over Friesen, because Friesen is going up. Excuse me. Carson is going (laughs) up. (laughs) And Friesen is just kind of remaining the same in those mile and a half. So I'm going Hosevar in this matchup over Friesen. Okay. Yep. I mean, I, you laid it out there nicely. Um, and, and it's something I kind of wanted to do anyways, when we were talking about that group, because that's the only one available to us. It's just kind of play those other scenarios. We talked about this on the NASCAR betting preview show. Let's play both sides, understand, you know, maybe why would we get on a, a certain driver uh, because we could see him win a certain matchup. I mean, I, I think, I think you could uh, absolutely nail both of those bets and having in end finger, uh, you know, finish top five and host far could beat Friesen and uh, away you go. So I, I think that was good. That was uh, compelling, at least enough for me to understand, Hey, this is why, but I feel bad or I kind of feel bad for anybody that's listening that already put in the play and they're like, wait, what the fuck? Now we're talking about, now we're talking about these two matchups. All right, good. Well, just hold on. I, I, I like that though. Host of our over Friesen. I, I think a little bit of momentum for him in this matchup uh, where Grant we've seen finish. He's a top five machine. So don't change anything with group F attack host of our over Friesen. I like it. Where are we going next? So I'll give you an option here, Derek. I can hit the last. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like this last head to head that I have kind of written out or I've got one with a question mark next to it and I can throw to you. So do you want me to throw one to you now or do you want me to finish out the last head to head that I had written down for myself? Toss it over. All right. So there's a, a matchup that I just can't make heads or tails of. Okay. And it's Matt Crafton versus ah. Matt to Benedetto. Uh, and battle both, of the mats. Both books. Yeah, Battle of the Mats. Both books have them matched up. I was kind of hoping I could get Crafton, you know, against somebody else. Um, but Crafton and, and Matty D are just, you know, strange to me because on paper – Crafton has the numbers like he's the veteran in the truck series his his stats at Kansas you know they're top 10 average finish top 10 driver rating over the last you know few years or so um but last year Matty D took him 2 and 0 at Kansas this year at Vegas they finished next to each other by one spot 
Crafton beat Matty by one spot. And that was a race that I think we were on Crafton. Um, we were either on Friesen or Crafton in one way or the other. And both of them kind of let us down. Like they both did not perform the way we thought they were going to. So you can almost say, hey, that was a little bit of a boost for Matty D. Uh, even though his true performance rank's not there and the numbers that he's getting out there, speed ratings aren't there on these mile and a half for some reason. He's in the ball game against Crafton. So I want to take Crafton because of the numbers, but the finishes are preventing me from doing so. So I want to throw it out there to you to see what you had on that one. So here's what I got. I actually like the Crafton side a little bit more. Uh, you kind of, you know, you touched on it maybe the last two races from a finishing per, uh, position where if you look at driveraverages.com, you can kind of see what these drivers have done. Although I don't think that tells a whole story. If you look at um, De Benedetto's driver rating, it's in the 70s where Crafton, he's in the uh, the 80s, the mid 80s at least, and he's getting stage points. So he's he's there. He's running. You know, it might not be inside the top 10, meaning like sixth or seventh, but he's hanging around eighth and ninth and at least getting, and he gets a ton of stage points. Like uh, he hasn't finished outside. He hasn't gotten a stage point or, or been shut out since 2016 uh, in, in that realm. And his lowest uh, driver rating at Kansas has been 80. So he's in the eighties. So driver rating. I like, I, I like that. He's putting himself in position, qualifying in the top 10, but I think crashing gets the edge here. Well, that's what I wanted. Um, I, I just couldn't, you know, work through that just because Matty D was able to get the finishes, you know, last season. So uh, I, I would, I would ride Crafton. I mean, you give me that nudge. Yeah. I'll ride them. Uh, but, you know, just needed that. And you can get a better price at Barstool at minus 115 a piece versus the minus 125 on Caesars. So, um, you know, you're saving yourself 10 cents there, but at least you're saving yourself a little something. So, yeah, I don't, I don't dislike that one at all. Actually, I let's actually ride. like that. Let's, let's ride. ride, Matt Crafton. Let's go. Been in the Matt series Crafton. since '98, so let's do it. We love it. We love that yellow car or yellow truck. That's all right, let, last head-to-head that I had written down, and we can just kind of riff on a couple yeah. thoughts there. Um, this is a, a big one for me for the future of the the year, right? So I'm, I'm okay. honing in on this and. Whether you bet this or not, it's worth following just because it'll keep you kind of like engaged on where to go when we get to these, you know, similar tracks down the okay. road. This is Christian Eckes going yes. up against uh, this, is the one like I this one. This is the you one wanted, I wanted. You want to talk about this? Let's go. Wh- so, who against who? Nicholas Sanchez. So, so it's Eckes Dude, versus Sanchez. So, so do you want to go first, Eric? Since no. you had something no. on it? No. All right. I, I feel like I, I know where you're going. You, you think you know where I'm going. All I right. think I do, and I'll be honest. I'll be honest after you say your point. This is where I wanted to go. Okay. Christian Eckes is somebody that I, I was looking at the stats, and I just needed something on going into this week. Looking at his six starts at Kansas, he's got three top fives, five top tens. He's six for six, finishing in the top 15. His mm-hmm. average finish, 6.7 at Kansas in the last seven race time span, um, however many years that is. That's third in the truck series in that time span. His driver rating is 100.7. That's third in the truck series. Last season, he finished fifth in the spring race and 10th in the fall. And, you know, just all of that. And by the way, that fall race 
I mentioned earlier, host of ours, like heartbreak. It was because of Christian Eckes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Host of was out front thinking that he got the, the win to cash the ticket starts to run out of gas. John Hunter passes him. They still thought they were good. The reason he gets knocked out was because Christian Eckes drove from 17th to 10th in a short time span with cars lapped down too. Um, just unbelievable stretch there for, for Eckes to, you know, snag that 10th place finish, cashes his ticket in the next round of the playoffs. Just really good stuff there. Sanchez has looked great. He's a young driver. He has looked phenomenal on these mile and a half so far. Just to kind of remind you, he practiced and qualified phenomenally at Vegas. And then uh, Texas, he practiced really well. I think he started on the pole or, or, or second. Uh, started on the front row and led basically the whole race. Yeah. The problem with Sanchez is I need to see him get a finish because in both Vegas, where he kind of wrecked out earlier, and at Texas, where he was leading the race and threw a block and caused a wreck, he's young. I need to be able to see him finish one of these races that he's started so well. So because of that, I'm going to go with Christian Eckes in this matchup. Now, if you're looking at the true performance ranks from this year, the discrepancy here, Eckes is fourth in the truck series, and that includes Kyle Busch. Sanchez is eighth. So a, a good performance for him so far this year, but... Uh, I like Eckes as the underdog right now, minus 110, just really crazy. And here's the other thing. I'm fine if, you know, Sanchez beats me in this matchup, and that's why I'm saying it's good to kind of just engage in this matchup regardless. What? You're fine with a loss in this matchup? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, I'm I'm fine taking Eckes, and if Sanchez goes out and finally proves me wrong, like he does finish a race and he does get it good, then great. You know what I mean? Now we're on him. Now he's proven yeah. himself. Now he's bettable next time around or, or later down this road. Yeah. Um, so even if you don't take this matchup, it's still one to follow because of the implications that we're going to have later down the road when we get to some of these other ones. Now he just needs to prove it for me. And if he practices well, right, he's done it twice now. Practiced mm-hmm. well, qualified well. To me, that's just giving me better odds. I think the books will adjust. We'll get him at, we'll, we'll get Eckes at plus money and yeah. good night, Jim Kite. So that's that's the the move that I'm having. Is that where you thought I was going, or did you think I was uh, going to go Sanchez? Nope, uh, that was honestly the thought I I was I was going to go there as well, or I'm going to go there as well. Is Atkins over Sanchez? And I get it, like you said. I mean, he just hasn't finished. I mean, at Texas, and the thing with Texas, it feels like a race that's a little skewed. Um, and I'm even saying in my mind, hey. Just think that if he won that race, how would I feel? And I would still feel the same way about Eckes over Sanchez here. You know, Sanchez led 168 laps in that race. And and that was an interesting race because the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series were not at Texas, meaning pit stops were not live. So, like, guys, teams could not lose any positions, track position, wherever you were. You were going to come in. You were going to go out. Nothing was going to happen to you. So a little skewed there. Um, but like you said, I mean, he's been fast just has not gotten the finishes and with some of these guys in the field Eckes just feels like a championship caliber driver that team feels very championship type-esque and I just think that in this matchup I mean I'm going to go with the guy in that 19 team and Derek Krause if I remember correctly I had a bet on Krause last year actually it was I think it was against Ankrum and that 19 team was a little sporty even with uh you know Hollywood Krause so uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Eckes here yeah 
I, I'm, I'm we're in agreement. So this mm-hmm. this will definitely be a play for the the card that you put at, put together so nicely each time. Um, we'll, we'll we'll get that out there and uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how this goes down. Um, but Ekis is for all those reasons, yeah, someone that I'm really looking forward to following this weekend. You know, when mm-hmm. we get there. So Saturday's a big day for for me following that 19 car or 19 truck rather. And, and yep. just as a, a side note um, right now, Eckes is plus 170 to finish top five. He's done it three out of the six times. So 50% hit rate so far, finishing the top five at Kansas. So if you like that number, we mm-hmm. talked about how Kyle's going to run away with it. Yeah. You want some guys to finish in the top five. Eckes is definitely a, a contender for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't mind that when we think about, uh end finger you know there, there's different ways to play some of those um finishing positions and the head-to-heads really like those conversations was there anything else from the truck race that you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to yet so just Before some quick thoughts some yep. some long shots uh mark mississippi moon. He, he's the lunar expert right he yeah he called it out he, he said that it's going to be a full moon this weekend so we got to throw some moon shots out there and uh here are a couple um chase purdy for a top five it sucks because there's not a good way to play some of these guys you know again wish we could throw top tens on them we can't but chase purdy plus 400 to finish in the top 10 or excuse me i wish uh top five his average finish on the two mile and a half so far this year derek is 5.0 so Mm -hmm. he's definitely going to give you an opportunity to do that he's proven just to be better in this new kbm truck than he has been in the past. I mean, you put a good driver and better equipment and you're going to get better results. That we've, That's what we've seen yeah. in Chase Purdy so far this year. So um, that's a bit of a, a long shot. Now, if you really want something, you mentioned uh-huh. Kraus being good last year. Uh, yeah. He was. I mean, he was running top five. They tried a little bit of a strategy play as well. He was up there. Here's somebody that showed up on my notes, like before <laughs> I got into the, the details and the odds. Uh-huh. This is an absolute... Like, if things go haywire, this would okay. have a shot. Full Colby moon. Howard. Mark in Mississippi said full moon, so this could be a full moon full type moon. race. Col- Colby, Colby Howard, Howard plus 1,800 for a top five. His average finish last season on these two races was 10.0, ninth and 11th. Very consistent for a backmarker type of driver. I mean, he's probably not backmarker, mid-pack driver in the truck series. Uh, but this is the thing here at plus 1800, he showed the ability to kind of avoid any of the chaos, any of the spins that are happening in the truck series that are always going to happen. And, you know, he got two hmm. top 11 finishes last year on this racetrack. If things do get off cycle, if somebody does take a shot, he would be someone. He tried the the route that Hosovar made. I mentioned, uh, you know, Haley Deegan tried it. Some of the other guys tried staying out. This is a driver that would be in that category, right? Full moon is out. You, you look up and there's like four cars on the lead lap, you know, seven cars on the lead lap. You know, maybe there's a spin in an inopportune time, plus 1,800 for a top 10. I'm not telling anyone to go out and do this. I'm just drawing these facts out there, laying them on the table and saying, hey, you know, here's yeah. an absolute moonshot on a full moon weekend at Kansas. Um, so Colby Howard. Now, let me let me finish that thought by saying I just want to touch on the driver group game 
for for this weekend that mm-hmm. I put together my roster. Colby Howard is in my roster. I have nine starts left with him. So my A starter is going to be uh, – let's see. I just had it pulled up here. My A starter is going to be Grant Enfinger. I have nine starts left for him. I've got Nick Sanchez as a B starter. I'm going to go with Colby Howard as my B2 starter. And then my C is definitely Kyle Bush. So um, those are my – guys this weekend for the driver group game out there uh for the truck series so yeah that, those are the thoughts there derek i know we said we riff a little bit at the end and that's where we're at let's riff i think that is i think that's good i mean i think the information that uh you were able to put out crafton and finger uh Eckes, we're talking about a lot of good guys heim over chastain which you really liked at plus money so uh definitely good conversations there now Obviously, that's not the only race happening on Saturday. You, you are a man of many talents where you've been able to really handicap and, and really dive into it. I know you've, you've done this for quite some time, but you've really gotten into it the last couple of years, especially touching on it on your podcast. So there are some big horse racing events coming up this Saturday, uh, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, 167th running, 164th, somewhere in there. 149, 149. How about so next that? Year, oh. Next year, there'll be some, Over some under. fanfare for 150. Yeah. yeah. So so what's the name or two you like uh, coming out of the stable there in uh, Louisville? <laughs> Churchill Downs this weekend. I've been uh, there. You've the been way. to Churchill? Yeah. For the Derby? I was not a, no, not for the Derby. I'm not that sophisticated. But I, I went there uh, when I was working at a job with the uh, Destination Marketing Organization locally, and they had a conference out in uh, Louisville, and we were able to go to uh, Churchill Downs. The guy that plays the yeah. – we uh, he was there, Whoa. and he, Time and he out. played. What yeah. an impression, dude. Right. Like we could oh, you like that? that replay on Saturday? That's, yeah, dude. That's good. It's not even dubbed in. That was me just doing it off the cuff. Uh, I made a um, I made a hat with a couple feathers in it and uh, had some mint juleps. Sat up on top of the the uh, start finish line box. Was able to like look out and see everything. Beautiful. Now the area around it not the greatest. Uh, housing is not ideal. It's not. Um, I don't want to say it's Green Bay, Wisconsin, but it's. You know, it's it's right in a development. So I've I forgot about that till now, but I I happen to be standing on the uh the, the footstools of uh Churchill Downs and my daughter five-year-old is so pumped for this weekend I told her hey babe the horses are racing again and she goes I think pink's gonna win and then red's gonna win and I was like all right give me all the colors of the rainbow I see what we're doing here so who's a couple names Phil that you uh like this week well yeah so it's gonna be a, a really fun race because there's not uh that like dominant horse Forte mm-hmm. is going off as the favorite as the morning line. He's three to one. And uh, everything that I've seen, there are reasons just to expect that horse to not win. Um, and Ooh. so, you know, that's going to give way to some of these other horses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also not a horse that's like typically a, a pace setter. Um, so every year you always kind of see the model of like how the horses are going to run, like who's going to jump out front and kind of lead the way and, and set the tone. And this year we don't have that. Um, the, the horses that are typically the pace setters did not make the Derby. So unless there's a scratch, we're not going to see that this year. And we're going to see some horses put in positions that they might not have been used to being in. So it's going to be all about how the jockeys break and get the ride. Now the, the horses, just to throw some names out there, I got to go. I got to start with the, the horse. He's the oh, number three horse, 12 to one, number three, 
two fills. I mean, how can I not Phil. take two fills? Uh, I'm Phil the third. He's going off from the third spot. Wearing number three, two fills, yeah. 12 to one. But it's not just because of the name, uh, because I know that's a dumb way to bet. That horse has shown a lot of uh, improvement over the the run and the the road to the Derby. Um, Emily from Optics EQ had him as the only horse that is above par uh, so far oh. on their model. So that is, you know, intriguing to me, kind of a longer shot guy. Uh, then a couple other names, Angel of Empire. He's the 14 horse, you know, Sick really man. interested in that horse as well. Uh, and there was, let's see, Angel of Empire. Oh, and Practical Move. Practical Move is the 10 horse. Uh, he has been very fast. The only knock on him is that he hasn't really run in a, a field of, of too many. Uh, but this mm -hmm. is a horse that is a stalker. Uh, if he oh. is able, he, he enjoys running in traffic. Uh, so even in the small fields, he's kind of worked through traffic to get through. You're going to need to get used to that in the Kentucky mm -hmm. Derby. And it's a horse that at a mile and one sixteenth, if he's kind of in that third spot and he can see the leader because we're not going to really have a great pace, right? They're kind yeah. of projecting this to be kind of a slower race. I think that's a horse that would absolutely uh, run away with it down the stretch. So practical move, it's a 10 horse, look for that horse as well. So Angel of Empire, the, the practical move, and two fills are the three horses that I'll, I'll call out here tonight. Yeah, well, when you said about, uh, you said uh, in our text message thread, you said, there's a horse called two fills. I mean, come on. And then I texted <laughs> you back and I said, two fills, more bills. Yeah, so that's, right. that's, uh, that's right. going to be the mantra this week. So, yeah, I had to get a little uh, derby talk in there because I know how jacked up you are for it. And it gets me excited watching and understanding um, some of the opportunities to bet out there. You mentioned it on your podcast, but I really recommend anybody listening to this show, go over to Phil's uh, YouTube channel where he's he really broke down everything in YouTube form where he's breaking down, you know, the matchups talked about a few horses here. And, uh, you know, he talked about the Japanese horse 15, I believe it was in the 15 stall, uh, 17, you know, never won before, 17? never had never a Japanese won. horse run, never had an, a, uh, a United Arab Emirates horse derby, uh, win before, and never had a horse from the 17 stall. And this horse is going to have to break all three of those chances to get it done. No, thank you. <laughs> that that was the other thing you you went through i think each horse and you said their names and even if you thought you butchered it i was like nope nailed it like that's how i would do it so i thought so i get i everybody listening has to go support uh what you did over there because you put a lot of time and effort into it and i think it's well worth uh your time i was listening to it live when i was or listening to it when it was released when i was mowing and then i came in and uh was doing a little bit of work and i had that playing on the youtube in the background so i was getting my full kentucky derby uh, esque feel so uh appreciate that anywhere else you want to go or should we close down shop here tonight i think it's good to close down derek i appreciate yeah. as always uh listening to that yeah. too and um thank you for for bringing it up and giving me a chance to yeah. kind of talk about it it's going to be a fun weekend um just a, a great weekend of sports i mean obviously mm -hmm. you know just all around right it's a great time to be a sports gambler the nhl and nba playoffs going on obviously in full tilt but with racing in general we got the Derby on Saturday, about 6.45, then right after that, right into the truck race, and then the cup race on Sunday. So um, great time to be a, a racing fan and a racing gambler. 
Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So uh, make sure, you know, uh, download the NASCAR betting preview show, subscribe, leave us a review, positive, negative, doesn't matter. Uh, we want to hear all type of feedback. It really helps us make sure that we're getting a good product out there. A lot on the docket when it comes to the NASCAR betting preview show, uh, shows in general. We've got an Xfinity show coming out next week uh, with Mike Bachman. He's going to be doing that. Phil and I are going to keep doing the, the Truck Series podcast, the NASCAR betting preview show. Twitter Spaces is now on this twi- this uh podcast feed so we're getting a lot of different things post practice qualifying from cup uh post race betting uh after the races on sunday so a little bit of everything phil thanks again for uh tuning in here just one more time plug your socials and your youtube account yeah full tank phil on twitter and instagram definitely give me a look on there give me a message um and yeah full tank with phil's name of the podcast full tank with phil is the name of the youtube channel um so yeah absolutely appreciate anyone who who gives me some clicks on there and thank you derek for always putting this on absolutely yeah love it well good luck this week phil thanks again man you too appreciate it you